Welcome, one and all, to Tech on the Side, a podcast filled with tech tips, tools, tutorials, and everything in between. I am Jason P. Heisel, known across the internet as the Tech Spec. In this week's episode, I have very little new tech or learning stories to share with you, so I thought it may be fun to share the entirety of Season 2's technology tips and have a little fun looking back, or rather listening back, at previous shows, all while getting you caught up on some great technology tips. So sit back, set your volume to 11, and enjoy my first ever clip show with a few quips peppered throughout the episode. Welcome, one and all, to Tech on the Side. I am the Tech Spec here with your weekly tech tip. This week, I am talking about your iPhone camera. And if you're taking pictures or videos, you'll want to stick around and learn all about a very important setting change. This past week, a friend of mine discovered when she was trying to send some pictures to a place for printing that the files from her phone were backed up as .heic files in Google Photos. Upon further investigation, we learned that at the release of iOS 11, a default setting was turned on, changing the photo format to an Apple-only file format, and did not warn us casual users. So in order to change the setting so that this too does not happen to you, I present today's tech tip. For starters, open up settings on your iPhone. Scroll down to camera and tap it. Then locate the word formats and tap on that. You should then see two options, high efficiency and most compatible. If you have high efficiency check marked, then click most compatible. Once you have tapped most compatible, you can tap back to your main screen and this setting will be saved. Meaning from here on out, all of your photos will be backed up or stored rather as JPEGs and videos as MOVs. So you'll be able to use them outside of the Apple ecosystem. Same great high-def quality in a more usable manner. Welcome one and all to Tech on the Side. I am the Tech Spec here with your weekly tech tip. This week is all about taking care of your phone. It's the start of a new school year, which means you'll be using that phone even more than you already do to snap moments in your classrooms, buildings, or even just getting your kids ready for school. So it's time for that hard question. How often do you shut your phone down all the way and restart it? The answer I was looking for is at least once a week. I always remind people that it's just a very small and very powerful computer that you carry and use all the time, which means it needs to rest every once in a while, just like you or your laptop or your desktop. So set a reminder on your phone and once a week turn it all the way off and then turn it back on again. It will help extend the life of your phone and help diminish those odd glitches that occur from time to time. This week's tip is all about your camera on your phone and what it can do that you might not have known it could have. I was recently searching on my phone for a QR code reading app so that I could scan something at a store. Seeing how it was has possibly been about six months since I last needed to scan a QR code, I quickly found the app that I needed, but I had to reinstall it. While it was reinstalling, my wife says to me, why don't you just use your camera app? So I quickly booted up my camera app on my on my iPhone, and then asked her, now what? She instructed me to point the camera lens at the QR code. Voila, 
Suddenly, at the top of my screen, while in my camera app, was a little message stating, open the link to the product.com. I tapped it, and it directed my web browser directly to the link. Amazing! No longer do you need a separate QR code scanning app. Just use your camera. I hope that you found this tip useful. Give it a try today and pay it forward. Share, share it or my podcast with someone else you know. This week's tip is all about your Amazon Prime account. Let me start by saying that this is not a sponsored episode. I promise. Now, if Amazon wants to throw some ad money my way, you'll hear no complaints from me. So, just this past week, a friend of mine was looking for music to play during the start of her class. I asked her if she had an Amazon Prime account. I shared with her that if you have a Prime account, it also comes with access to Amazon Music and Amazon Videos. She was greatly pleased to learn this and started making new playlists and discovering whole radio stations that worked perfectly with her subject area. Some notes to share. If you already have a Prime account, you can use the app to stream audio or visit the webpage music.amazon.com directly. You'll just need to log in with your Amazon account to begin accessing the music. Now, they will prompt you to upgrade your, the service to their next tier of music, which is called Music Unlimited. It will expand your listening options, but it will come at a cost. I have been using the basic music function for years and find its offerings vast. If you want to check out the video offerings, navigate your web browser to primevideo.com or just search for Prime Video in your web browser. You can also download the app and watch it there. I really enjoy in this next segment how it sounds like I got some sort of newfangled fancy microphone, but the reality is I just stopped using my AirPod to record and spoke directly into my phone. Enjoy! This week's tech tip is all about getting your phone ready for new software updates. iOS 12, I'm looking at you. For starters, before you dive in and update to the latest and greatest from Apple, it's good practice to make a backup beforehand. To do that, hop onto your settings, then tap on your name, located at the top of the settings page. Then tap on iCloud. Scroll down to iCloud Backup and tap on it. Then tap Backup Now. After your backup is completed, you are ready to start the installation of iOS 12. So navigate back to your main settings page, tap on General, then Software Update and then tap on download and install to begin the process. Please note that if your iOS device does not have at least 50% or more battery charge on it, you will need to plug it in to get the update. This week's tech tip is all about setting up your Do Not Disturb and making sure it works for you. If you have not yet discovered the Do Not Disturb function on your phone, then it is time that I share the good word with you. Do Not Disturb is a function built right into the OS. You can set it up on a schedule or turn it off and on manually. What it does for you is priceless. Do Not Disturb allows no phone calls or texts to come through and distract you, wake you up, or make for embarrassing scenes in a movie theater. To turn it on, simply swipe to get to your control center and tap the crescent-shaped moon. No more calls or texts will come through. If you want the Do Not Disturb function to come on and go off by itself on a regular basis, you can do that by going to Settings, tapping on Do Not Disturb, then tap the toggle switch to On where it says Scheduled. Choose your From or Start Time 
and your two time or end time, meaning when Do Not Disturb will shut itself off. Your phone will now daily turn itself on to Do Not Disturb for you, giving you peace of mind and one less distraction for you while you try to sleep. It's time for the weekly tech tip. Continuing the trend from last week, this week's tech tip is about choosing certain contacts to be able to get through the Do Not Disturb feature on your phone. Okay, I know I spent the last episode explaining how great it was to block people from contacting you, but I'm certain there are at least a few people in your life which you may want to be able to access you even when you say that you do not want to be disturbed. This tip is especially important for those of you who have kids who you want to make sure always get your texts and phone calls. We don't need them having any other excuses as to why they didn't see that message. Let's get into it. For starters, go to your contacts, then find the contact you want to grant access to, then click edit and scroll down to ringtone. Here's where it gets interesting. You can allow a contact to bypass your do not disturb function in two ways. One, you can allow them to be able to call through when you're in Do Not Disturb, or two, you can allow them to send text messages even when you're in Do Not Disturb mode. So to allow them to call through, tap on ringtone, and right at the top of the screen you should see an option labeled Emergency Bypass, along with a toggle switch next to it. Tap the toggle switch so that it becomes green, and then tap Done. This will now allow the chosen contact to call through even when you do when even when you have do not disturb on. Follow the exact same process as above, but tap text tone to set it up to allow them to text through even while on do not disturb mode. It's just that simple. Now, before you start granting this gift to everyone, consider who you really want to be able to interrupt you during the movies or while you're sleeping. Hello, I am the tech spec, and I am a digital hoarder. Look, in this day and age, it is just so easy to amass gigabytes of useless, unwanted digital clutter. I mean, you don't get the perfect selfie by taking just one picture. And those extra ones take up space, as do your emails, attachments, and even files stored in Google in your Google Drive. So this week, I'm going to suggest that it is time before the holidays get here and you find yourself not able to store anything else in the cloud to start clearing out all the digital clutter that is filling up your Google services. First up on the list, Google Drive. When you are on a computer, you may notice on the left-hand side of your screen that Google will show you how much space you are using. Below is a clickable link that says Upgrade Storage. You can click that and it will show you how much space is being used within each of the Google products. Now, if you have Google EDU account, then you do not need to worry about your storage space, as Google offers educators and students unlimited storage space. For everyone else, let's start by taking a look at the trash bin inside Google Drive. Yes, it's true. You have to empty out the trash bin even when you have everything in the cloud. Once you've entered into that trash bin, you can quickly look over all of the files, photos, PDFs, etc. that are in there. And 
if you're ready to get rid of all the files for good, tap on, tra on, the tra on trash and then tap empty trash bin. You will be prompted before everything goes through this process. And please note that it cannot be undone. And it will ask you before you continue forward, are you sure? Okay, that's enough decluttering for me. Stay tuned next week as we keep clearing out our digital clouds. It's the perfect time to continue our fall digital clutter purge trend. This week, let's talk about the dreaded topic, email inboxes, in particular, Gmail. I will be the first person to admit it, having those large numbers staring back at me on my phone every time I unlock it and see my mail icon does not bother me in the least bit. But really, we need to clean this inbox up. So, where do we begin? Personally, I recommend you hop on a computer for this one and navigate your web browser over to mail.google.com. As I mentioned this past week on my blog, it is not that emails in and of themselves take up that much space, but those with attachments can, especially when you amass as many emails as I have. So let's clean it up, and here's where I start. Up at the top of my inbox is that ever-so-helpful search bar. Click inside of that search bar and then type has colon, attachment, space, larger, colon, 10M. Then press the Enter key. Now, all of the emails that have attachments with at least larger than 10 megabytes will be brought into view without anything else. Next, you have the option to rip this Band-Aid off or slowly peel it away. I personally dive in headfirst. I selected all the emails and then sent them to the trash bin. You can also slowly go through all of the emails and make sure you no longer need the emails with attachments and send each one to the trash bin as you go through it. Choose whichever method you prefer so long as you clean house. This is just the first step, mind you. Now it's time to go to that trash bin and actually remove all of the old emails from your digital waste bin. To do so, click on the trash bin and once you're inside of it, click the button that says empty trash bin. Now, while this is a great first step, if you are like me, you still have loads of emails to sort through. So take a deep breath and stay tuned to next week's tech tip to continue to learn how to get this digital clutter under control. We can do this! We have come a long way to cleaning up all of our digital clutter. I mean, tackling our inboxes was a two-part chore. Now it's time to take on that last big task, Google Photos. If you are new to Google Photos and originally set it up in the way in which your files do not take up space, then you are set. However, if you are like me and have some files taking up space and you are ready to clean that space up, stick around, pull up your sleeves, and let's get into it. In order to check and see how much of the storage space you are using up and where it's being consumed, head on over to Google Drive on a computer and scroll down a little ways. On the left-hand side, you'll see Upgrade Storage. If you click that, Google will give you the rundown of your usage. If your Google's photo section is looking bloated with gigabytes worth of stuff like mine, then step one is to go to photos.google.com forward slash settings. Once you are there, you will need you should have the option to recover storage. This will then show you how much storage you can recover. It doesn't actually start any process yet. 
When you're ready to start converting the original files over to the high quality, you press the compress button. And honestly, I can say that the convenience of unlimited storage and instant searchable access to all of my photos is well worth the down conversion. It's barely indistinguishable. That being said, I also use Google Photos as a secondary backup of my photos. Okay, once you start the process, and it will ask you a second time before you actually get to start the process fully, it can take up to an hour depending on how many files it is converting. So walk away and enjoy doing something while Google cleans up your storage for you. When you come back to your laptop, your storage should feel considerably lighter. I'm proud of you all for sticking around through this intense journey of cleaning up my digital clutter. I hope this multi-part series has helped you do the same. Now, whenever a year or two passes and your cloud starts filling up again, you at least have the tools to go in and clean it up properly. You have no idea how difficult it was for me to go through and actually remove every little thing from all of those places that my digital clutter existed. But I do want you to know that after I did it all, it really did feel a lot better. It's time for the tech tip of the week. This tip is all about National Novel Writing Month or National Blog Posting Month. It's November, which means it's that time of the year where many of us bloggers stretch our creative and literary muscles to attempt the long-form challenge of writing a novel within a month or posting each day to our blog. I have participated in this challenge for many years now. Each year it has helped me to refine what and how I produce content each week. It even spun off many of the segments now on this podcast. Heck, it may have even helped me to create this podcast. So how does it work? First, you choose a path. Are you going to work to create a novel in a month, or will you post your blog each day? Me, I'm choosing this year to do something sort of down the middle of both of those lanes. Those of you who've been listening to me for a while know that one of my taglines is perpetually beta testing. So this year, I'm exploring posting to Medium. If you are unfamiliar with Medium, here is a short explanation. Medium is an online publishing platform that has been around since 2012. It hosts professional writers as well as novice writers. It gives people a place to post content in a social environment and offers great tools for receiving and giving feedback about written works. So I've used Medium in the past when I feel I have a thought or wondering that I want to explore more in depth that maybe did not seem quite fitting to my blog. This year I have discovered that they have a tool inside of Medium called Series. This is the perpetually beta testing portion. The concept of the series tool is to have a continuing story or series that you can add to as you have more content to share. Originally, when I discovered this tool, I thought it may have the potential to allow me to create a monthly issue of Tech on the Side comprised of all of the articles I have flipped into my magazine for just one month. My thoughts were that it would allow a reader to discover and read about the tech and learning stories from a single month instead of just flipping through the few most recent articles. I shall continue to explore the potential this tool has to offer and share my findings here this month.
I just wanted to take this last quip to thank the people at Anchor.fm. That is the application and website I use for creating and posting and hosting and sharing my podcast. It's an awesome app. Be sure to check it out if you are interested in creating your own podcast. I may even make a future video on that on my YouTube channel, Shameless Plug Tech on the Side. Check it out. It's time for the weekly tech tip. This week's tech tip is short, sweet, and to the point. It's that time of the year where you should be asking yourself the following questions. Have I backed up my phone and or my computer recently? When is the last time I've turned my phone or computer all the way off? Two simple questions that really require your attention. I recommend that you back up your phone daily. Both Android and Apple offer built-in services to do this. For backing up your computer, use the rule of three. Three different backup methods, external device, the cloud, and locally. As far as question two goes, I recommend you turn your phone all the way off at least one to two times a week. Same goes for your computer. Trust me, they both need the rest, just like we do. I, I love the fact that uh, I keep coming back to that question about turning your phone and computer off. Seriously, it's important to do it. If you haven't done it yet, you should turn your, at least your phone all the way off and then back on again. Thank you all for tuning in and supporting the show by either subscribing or sharing my podcast with others. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find more of my content on my blog, thetechspecblog.blogspot.com. You can find me on just about all of the social media apps as The Tech Spec. That's T-H-E-T-E-C-H-S-P-E-C. And as always, stay tuned and stay connected. <laughs>